We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Greg Olson, here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual-threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. Blue Wire. NBA most valuable player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the lob. Hello and welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Today's episode is brought to you by TheraOne, NFL Sunday Ticket, and BetOnline.ag. I am Ty Windish. I am here as always with my extremely knowledgeable co-host Rohan Kadi, and we are here to talk about the Milwaukee Bucks taking an uninspiring 3-1 lead over the Orlando Magic after a 121-106 victory in Game 4 that, contrary to last game, this one probably a little bit closer later than the final score makes it appear, even if Rohan did not actually believe the Magic were that close. Rohan, how's it going? No, I'm doing okay. I think you contradicted yourself already uh, by saying that I'm knowledgeable <laughs> and that I didn't realize that it was that close. Uh, well, but you know, I'll I, take the comment. I was going to I was going to toss it to you and make it sound like you didn't feel like it was that close, like you felt like the game was in check, but now you've exposed yourself. So that that one's on you, my friend. 
That's fair. That is fair. I did expose myself. <laughs> um, yeah, this was just a bummer because I think the, the whole theme of the last podcast, right, was, okay, we're seeing the things we need to see. Chris comes on a little bit in that in the last game. I think he had 17 points. Uh, everything else looked a little bit better. We only saw Ursan at the tail end of it. We were we were feeling good. And then for three quarters, I just did not feel very good. And I still don't feel great. I mean, the Bucks obviously end up winning. Uh, Chris Middleton has a dynamic fourth quarter. I think probably get to that just momentarily here. I still think Chris himself is probably one of the biggest talking points about this Bucks team. Coaching probably being the other one. I want to get there later as well. But I don't know. It's just like, yeah, they're up 3-1 over the Orlando Magic without two starters. That's great. That feels like that that just should be where you're at as the one seed. If not done with the series by now, like Toronto is with their series. Like it 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 it's like being up 3-1 is hardly an accomplishment here to me, hence the title of the podcast. I mean, they they're there's probably not that many ways for it to be super inspiring to lose one of four games in the playoffs to this team anyway, but I think there's certainly more inspiring ways they could be up 3-1. Their their progression has not been very linear. It's been very jagged almost like one step forward two steps back two steps it's looked, forward it's looked like brooke lopez when he's trying to get a post up going yeah it's like slow and you're not sure exactly how it's gonna work and you're really hoping a call goes his way except or instead works. of a, hopefully or it actually works and the shot goes in hope that that's what we're hoping if this playoff run is a brooke lopez post up that's what we're hoping for um but yeah i don't know what are your uh what are your instant overall takeaways from from this game just it was it was just annoying to watch like you said the first three quarters were just annoying given like the first quarter and a half i was listening uh on the radio shout out to ted davis great 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 uh, commentator great job as always uh so i wasn't like watching i was listening but it was just it just didn't seem like this was a team that understood that this was the postseason, and I feel like that's a trend <laughs> throughout the series. Is that something I've been noticing? Is that this team doesn't really look like it? You know, it's all locked in and cares about. You know, this is the this is the playoffs. You know, like these games matter. It just they feel like they're just walking around out there trying to trying to play a pickup game at the Y, but with somehow less motivation. Yeah, except for one guy. I mean, let's like we did last pod. I mean, let's quickly. And I don't want to do. I don't. I don't want to do Giannis a disservice here, but I think there's just more things we have to talk about. Again, for most of this game, the Bucks were like Giannis and a bunch of guys. Giannis ends up with 31 points, 15 rebounds, four on the offensive end, eight assists, just two turnovers. He's really worked on that, and you can see it. Four fouls, 14 of 21 from the field, just one for five from deep. And just two from six from the free throw range, that is problematic. The Bucks continue to struggle cashing in on the freebies, which is not great. They're but literally called free throws. Yeah, the, the Bucks have somehow had to pay dearly for these free throws. Um, and, and they will pay dearly in the long run if they can't start making them. But Giannis, great again. But this is something that I, I've been feeling a little bit lately, maybe more than a little bit. The opposite of a good look for the Bucks is presenting the sort of the, the depiction that Giannis doesn't have enough help. I mean, that's, and, and I'm not being super explicit with it. Cause I'm, I, I really like my whole thing is enjoy basketball right now. I don't want to be 
one of these people who's always just thinking about the next big roster move. But you've got to be at least a little bit cognizant of his upcoming free agency in a, still a year from now, a year from the end of this season. But still, it's it's close in NBA standards. The last thing you want to do is make it look like you're not giving the guy enough help. I mean, he wants to win. That's his whole thing. He's a loyal guy. He's about family. Sure, all this is very true. But he also wants to win. He wants to be one of the all-time greats. And for three quarters, it really felt to me, I mean, like, Bledsoe was fine. Marvin Williams was fine. Brooke Lopez was fine. He just didn't have the proper help. And that's why this was a, a close game heading into the fourth quarter. Yeah, it just everyone around him seemed to, like, you know, not play up to the level that they're expected to in this sort of situation. Like, you expect, you know, your players, like, um, you just expect his teammates to have, like, elevated play in the postseason, and especially when he gets it going, because he opens up so much for everyone else on the floor when, uh, like, Giannis, when he's going, when he's getting to the basket, when he's making his uh, shots and not actually missing shots around the rim. Like, he he missed what? Uh, uh, Can I do math? He missed three non-threes today. So... You know, it wasn't like he he was doing a great job around the rim. So, you know, you would think that that would open up more space for his teammates to, you know, work along the perimeter. But you know what? They had the space and they didn't really do much with it. Aside from like Wes Matthews. Yeah, I mean, Wes Matthews was, again, just the the one takeaway I keep having. This Here's a positive for people who are, are de- desperately looking for those right now. Wes, like, continues to just be an absolute marksman from deep. I mean... Obviously, he's a, a bow hunter out there, but get him more looks. I mean, four for six today, all of his shots were threes. He cashes in on 66.7% of them. He's just been really good. I think his three-point percentage for the season is deceptively low. I mean, whatever the case may be, he's been hitting them in the bubble. Keep feeding him those looks. He needs to be shooting even more. But He had a deep three to end the half. He was, was hot, man. Yeah. But for... I, how does he play 21 minutes in this game? I don't understand that. I don't understand. How many? Kyle Korver had 19. That's I don't fair. know. I don't know. I don't, not a call I agree with, but hey, uh, regardless of that, um, let's get to Chris. I, I want to talk about Chris up, up front. I think he is, in my opinion, the most important swing factor for the Bucks because if he's the guy who was in the first three quarters where NBA stats is not fast enough for us, but I believe he had three points across the first three quarters. He may have had five. He may have made another shot before the fourth. Oh, it's updated. He had three points. Okay, so yeah, I think I know at one point late in the third, he had three points, three assists, and three turnovers. And again, at this point, the Magic are like nodding it up, sometimes holding a little lead over the Bucks. Listen, if, if... just apply that to a real team. Like if Chris is having that kind of a game against the Miami Heat or one of the Celtics or the Raptors, you're not going to be like fighting for the lead. You're just going to be down. You're going to be yeah. down. You're going to be losing. They need Up him to be a lot better. In the first three quarters, Chris was one of nine from the field. Uh, great 11.1%. Uh, mm. One of His only shot was a three, one of four there with three points, three assists, and three turnovers. I guess eight rebounds too. And three fouls. Yeah, so, just it wasn't just great. subtracting from the team, despite having somehow a good plus minus throughout the whole game, just not adding anything. And he, it was a tale of of not two halves, but two different parts of the game for Chris. Obviously, he comes alive with what eighteen fourth quarter points. I'll, I know you have the numbers. I'll let you share them all in one second. But 
that's great. I mean, it's a good sign. It's like good to end on too. I mean, I think it's probably better than if he was really hot in the first quarter and then really bad for three quarters. But just there, there needs to be consistency. He cannot be this guy who gets his daily scoring in one quarter. Like it, the game could be over by then. Like he's gonna have to just be more consistent. You can't be going one for nine over three quarters and be the second best guy in a team this good. It's just you're not gonna be a team this good if it's like that. He. He just needs to be more consistent. There's no, there's no two ways about it. And he's been off and on or just off across all four of the team's first games. And they're still up 3-1 because, again, it's the eighth seed who's missing two starters. Like, this is not a great accomplishment for Milwaukee to be it's taking care of business. The series should be over. Yeah, it should be over. And even if it's not over, even if they lost the game for whatever reason, it's just it's not encouraging to see the guy who needs to be their second-best guy. I mean, there's no one else – you know, as much as I like Eric Bledsoe and Brooke Lopez, they're they're underqualified to do that. The guy has to be Chris. He was all season. He's gonna need to be that guy for a whole game for them for every whole game, pretty much, for them to reach their ceiling. And for whatever reason, I think it's a little bit more than just him, but I think he's a big part of it. They have not been close to their ceiling outside of what, like six total quarters in the bubble, counting the seeding games. Yeah, that sounds right. Unfortunately. Yeah. So what? What? what his fourth quarter though? Uh, again, a silver lining. What was his? Uh, what was his fourth quarter like, Rohan? Uh, he had 18 points on six of 10 from the field, which includes three of three from distance and three of five from the free throw line, uh, with two rebounds and a turnover. Which is, you know, so, good. It's good. Like if you play like that the whole game, that's that's all we ask for. You know, like. He, he's he's showing that he's capable and especially after last game where he thought he was going to be on the rise and oh maybe maybe game four we were talking about maybe game four is the game where he gets like 30 plus or something right uh he didn't do that but he put on like a, a good show in the fourth quarter which is you know it was kind of needed because like you said it was closer than i thought it was because uh, i'm not knowledgeable um but uh this makes me look not knowledgeable now we're both not knowledgeable because i said you were knowledgeable if you're not knowledgeable then i'm not uh, we're uh, we're a sinking ship here rohan we're going down just like too many times in the last five seconds Um, it's hard to say a lot it doesn't sound like a word anymore it works (laughs) like every word in the english language if if you say it so many times it doesn't sound like a word anymore regardless uh chris chris he he looked like he was coming along in the fourth quarter which is good you know, that's good. He did have 18 points in a quarter, which is, yeah. you know, like, that's really good. That's really good. We would be, like, probably happier about that if the first three quarters weren't just, like, absolutely terrible, you know? Like, it was just you, what, it was a, one, it was a catch and shoot three, I think, right? I'm almost positive it was a corner catch and shoot three that's that he right. made. So it's like my issue with him, and you said he was three for five from free throw in the fourth, right? Those were his only five attempts all game. So he he was just way too passive. I mean, his only points came off of a shot that, you know, that should have been I don't it's fine that he he like takes some catch and shoot threes. I'm not I'm not saying he shouldn't do that. But that's like a Marvin Williams or a Wesley Matthews shot. Like that's they have other guys, not a ton, but they have other guys who can make catch and shoot threes. If all you're getting from Chris is one of those, that's not what you need like Drawing no free throws. I mean, five total is not enough either. The Bucks just did, are not getting any lately against Orlando for whatever reason. Giannis only took six and only made two of them. So Chris and Giannis combining for five points and free throws is, is very low and, and not good for the Bucks either. Um, two different issues to there, uh, at least two. But uh, you could say three, officiating, Chris being passive, and not no one making their free throws. But I digress. 
he just needs to be more aggressive. I mean, there were so many. He took some shots. I mean, he missed eight shots, so clearly he was taking some. Which but, is better than what was that game two where he was just two for eight or one for eight total, from the floor yeah, with yeah. two points? Like that's better. At least if you're th- uh, if you're one for nine through three quarters, like that's better. Like I'll take that over what game two was. It is. It, it is better. But he was still passing up some looks. I thought where he had some space or some room to drive, kind of in the middle of the floor, just above the the free throw stripe, and he's like passing out to the wing to. You know, a guy who's not very open, which really it's you're just wasting time or killing possessions there. You know, he's got to just create more shots and he's got to, you know, he's good enough to back down almost any player who's going to guard him unless they're very tall, which this Magic team does not have a lot of very tall guys that they're going to put on Chris Middleton anymore. Um, like he just, he needs to be drawing free throws. He needs to be, you know, drawing that contact shot making. He, he can't just be a passive shot taker. That's not his role here anymore. He needs to be more than that. He was in the fourth quarter. He was decisive. He sought out contact. He he made shots. He didn't just take the shots that came to him. He went out there and he made his own shots. That's what he needs to do. It, again, it's like the, it's he's kind of emblematic of the whole team in that he showed that he can still do those things. It's not like you know he's just magically worse now. It just hasn't been happening for whatever it just, reason. It seems like a mentality thing because he's clearly yeah. able to do it. Like we saw him do it. Just like right. You just need to do that for the entire game. And again, we've and the, seen him do that throughout the entire regular season, too. So I guess like I, you can't really correlate the two because they're completely different situations. But we know he's capable of doing that is what I'm trying to say here. So Yeah, it's, it's like just, the whole team. Yeah, exactly. We, we know what this team is capable of doing. They're just not doing it for some reason. Yeah, and I... Listen, at one point... At what point? Uh, I'm a. That's one of my ticks. I say, listen, I, I don't know. So do um, I. <laughs> it's a fun. It's a fun tick. As fun as ticks can be. It's more fun than like the the bug tick. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> at what point though does this become like? At, who do you point the finger at? And I, I'm actually asking you. I'm not launching into a monologue yet. Like whose fault is it that they're just not able to play with any sort of consistency again against Orlando who should be like a speed bump might be generous, a traffic cone. And this is not, again, not even trying to drag on the magic who are fighting like hell and taking and making some tough shots and very many easy shots as well. Um, But it's not easy to make any shot in the NBA regularly. I mean, it's like even open shooters, usually it's like 40%. They're making good shots. They're 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 playing well. They're really hustling. They're trying very hard. And listen, they've they've been involved in three of the four games and won one of them. But this for the Bucks for a, a team supposedly of this caliber, this should be not even a speed bump. This should be a traffic cone. And it's been like an actual hurdle to get this far. Who are you looking at and saying this this entity is coming up short for the way this team is playing? I honestly think. That outside of Giannis and Wes Matthews, probably, it's everyone. Like, literally everyone. Because this team functions as sort of a machine. Every cog has a role, right? And without one piece, the machine kind of, you know, falls off the rails a little bit, right? And that's what we're seeing. Outside of Giannis, who's been fantastic, Wes Matthews has been fantastic in his role. Not everyone is, you know, they're not playing their part. So what happens then? Because then the entire machine entire machine falls apart because this team is so systematic it's so formulaic uh i think uh, i can't remember who put it this way but it's like doctrinarian this team is so it's just sort of like if one piece or two pieces go awry the entire 
thing just sort of falls apart. And that's what we're seeing right now. Yeah, it's it's just it's bad. It's all around bad. I agree. I, I think you can't really single out one party. You can single out a few parties who I don't you can think say like you can say like Chris Middleton, who's been yes. like in, uh, he's been one of the main contributors to that, you know, but that doesn't mean he's alone in that. <laughs> Is just no, his is just more profound. True, I, I, and I, I want to get to I think another source of ire for a lot of people. But first, let's talk about something that can relieve some of these tensions. Whether it's worries about Chris or the rotation, tight muscles, tough workouts, signs of aging, or simply trying to make it through each busy day, everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore, especially Bucks fans right now. So everyone, all of you can benefit from TheraOne's CBD products. Started by Dr. Jason Wersland, TheraBody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help soothe your mo- soothe your body excuse me, and relax your mind. I suppose it relaxes your body and soothes your mind too. It does everything good. It started with the revolutionary Theragun percussive therapy device where Dr. Jason saw the benefits of using CBD in his treatments, he created TheraOne to bring you those CBD products done right, avoiding some of the filler in these other CBD products that claim organic but have potentially toxic fillers. TheraOne, on the other hand, tests their products four times before they get to you. Every product is USDA certified organic, grown in the US, and their CBD extracts are the highest quality available. Use the warming lotion in your morning routine, the cooling lotion or massage oil to recover, the body balm for targeted relief, and the sleep tincture to drift into a lovely deep night's sleep. And now through Labor Day, Monday, September 7th, TheraOne is offering our listeners a buy one, get one free for all TheraOne products, but you've got to go to Theragun, T-H-E-R-A-G-U-N, theragun.com slash bluewire. If you don't love what you get from TheraOne, send it back for a full refund within 30 days of purchase. This, folks, is too good of a deal. They're not likely to do this again. Go get your buy one, get one free CBD products at theragun.com slash bluewire only until Labor Day. So go right now to theragun.com slash bluewire. And then after you do that, you get it in the mail. It's the weekend. It's Sunday, Sunday, Sundays. They're coming back in the NFL. It's still the hardest segue in the pod game. With NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels mean you will never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. So I want to talk about coaching in general. Um, I teased that I would do this on Twitter. And I I think there's some Bucks fans who are just very decidedly anti-Bud. And that's just what they've decided they're going to do. Whatever. I, I, I try to be as impartial of an observer as possible. I don't dislike Mike Budenholzer. I don't have anything personally against him. I don't have a vendetta here. I think he's done a pretty bad job in this series. I mean, I tried to kind of justify the big rotations by getting something out of Dante DiVincenzo, uh, which uh, Dante was all right this game. I, I only took one shot. So I had one particular finish in mind, and that was the only made shot he had. So I guess he was just okay, five points. But 
Like, Ursan is playing real minutes again. I'm not really sure why that's happening. He was a plus zero in seven minutes. Well, I, I think it was... I think he played in Robin Lopez's spot as a backup center. I just think after how poorly Ursan and, and Nikola Mirotic combos worked as rough versions of centers last year, I don't see any upside toward trying that now. I don't, I don't think you're going to get anything out of it. That would be anything even as good as just playing Marvin Williams, Giannis, and Brooke Lopez as your centers. I, I just I don't see the upside there, but whatever. Uh, we're back there. Um, but it's not just the rotations, which I still – I mean, we're still seeing 11 guys in the first quarter. And you know, Ursan was the lowest at seven minutes, then Dante plays 12. For whatever reason, Marvin Williams plays 13 minutes in this game despite shooting three for three from the field. No turnovers, two rebounds, one assist, no fouls. So he makes three shots, scores eight points, and just gets 13 minutes. I don't don't really get that one. Like Kyle Korver playing 19 minutes, including crunch time. There's a crunch time lineup at one point of, let me get this right. I think it was George Hill, Pat Connaughton, Kyle Korver, Wes Matthews, and Giannis. That's up seven, just seven, with less than four minutes left in the game. George Hill, Pat Connaughton, Kyle Korver, Wes Matthews, Giannis. I don't get that lineup. I don't get why you'd ever play that lineup. It's not terrible on its own i don't know why corver's there but especially in that situation like it's just like this is not a preseason game this is not a regular season game this is game four in the first round you have maybe one maybe more games until you're playing the miami heat who have been a terrible matchup for milwaukee and we're just seeing unserious things it, it's unserious at times and like nikola vucevic who i think is a fine basketball player a one-time all-star i believe Vucevic at 29.5 points per game in this series, nearly 30 points per game, 44% from deep on more than eight attempted threes per game. And we see still in game four, Brooke Lopez sitting way back in the paint on the drop on two man actions, leaving Vucevic wide open to shoot catch and shoot threes. Why? Like I, I just, the, the rigidness of what the Bucks try to do, which I think is a Budenholzer staple I think it's destructive to be too rigid at times. I just think the Bucks have been far too rigid, far not nearly adaptable enough, which, I mean, we saw Nick Nurse get his team to a title through, if nothing else, sheer adaptability. I mean, that was their signature. It still is their signature. Is they'll, they'll throw everything at you, and they won a title doing that. I just, I'm uncomfortable with the rigidness of trying to play all the guys and, and not playing anyone Probably enough minutes. I mean, who led the team in minutes? Giannis with 33 minutes. That's He's going to need to play 38 or more in close games. I don't even know if he's going to be ready to do that. And just like schematically, I mean, we saw some some good adjustments. And then at times we just see the same old Bucks letting anyone shoot threes. And I don't know. It, it was a disheartening game for me. Like I like I said, like the title of the pod, this just feels like an uninspiring 3 and one lead. The Bucks have not looked serious enough at times. I don't know. I don't, what are your thoughts? Am I am I too harsh? Am I off base? What do you think? No, I think you're. I think you're right on the money here. It's just nothing. Nothing really about it makes a whole lot of sense if you're in the business of winning basketball games, or at least in the business of trying to win an NBA title. Because just that lineup you threw out there, like you you told me about this before we started recording, and I was like. Hey, at least it has Giannis in it, you know? <laughs> like, there there was a lineup, I think it was in the third quarter, where it was, uh, what was it? It was George Hill, Dante, Corver, uh, Marv, and Ursan. Uh, that that sounds in, right. It was in a semi-close game. I think Giannis checked in shortly after that. But 
that still was a lineup that saw the court in a semi-close playoff game. No, he was actually very close at that point because it was still the third quarter. So uh, in a in a close playoff game, that's what that's the lineup that's on the floor when you're uh you know trying to win a title this postseason. So it doesn't I know that Chris has been struggling, right? But that doesn't mean that you can just throw out all of these bench guys in a lineup and expect it to work. Like I, I joked about this on an earlier episode. I'm losing track at this point about which one it was. But like, what what are these lineups expected to do on offense or defense? You know, like they have no real players who are going to be a serious threat to hurt you on their own on offense, right? Like George Hill, great offensive player. What what's his strong suit? Hitting a lot of threes and controlling an offense. Sure, that works when there's someone there to create threes for him. And when there's other players uh, that are capable of creating their own shot uh, so he can steady the load a little bit, right? Uh, Dante is hopefully not going to be creating anything for himself. Um, <laughs> Kyle Korver is not going to be creating anything for himself. Uh, neither is Marvin Williams. Neither is Ursan. So I just, I don't understand why these lineups are being thrown out there when there's literally nothing positive they can do. Yeah, I mean, there's there's three primary creators on the team. I'd say George Hill is probably, like, fourth on the list. But, like, three starters. I mean, Chris, Giannis, and Eric Bledsoe. Bledsoe bad today for the first time. I think we got too high on Bledsoe, and, and the universe gave us a little correction. He was 3 of 11 from the field. Did have six rebounds and five assists and just one turnover. So, not, like, objectively terrible. He just could not make shots. 0 for 2 from deep. I didn't, like... Either of his attempted threes, but he just was not able to get a shot to fall today. Only playing 24 minutes, which, I mean, I guess it's because he wasn't playing well. I, I don't know. I, I think Wes playing 21 is a little more mind-boggling to me. But, yeah, I mean, but I, I digressed again. I'm digressing a lot. Just looking at this box score, there's so many things that pop up to me like, oh, my God, why? Um, but the three best creators are Bledsoe, who admittedly was not very good today, Chris Middleton, and Giannis. And, like, I've said this. I said this every episode. It's just... Uh, I should just record it and just play the recording like on my phone right up to the microphone. It's very easy to stagger two players in the NBA across a game. I mean, if two guys play 36 minutes, 24 together, 12 each apart, and whatever segments you want, bam, you got 48 minutes covered, those two players. It'd be very easy to do that with Chris and Giannis, and they still play together a ton, and they also, you never go without them. So right away, if that's what you do, if that's if that's your plan, you have a baseline of, competent offense for 48 straight minutes like your offense is competent with one of those two guys and almost any combination of other players because either of them with some shooters and one big guy or whatever you want to do like they're going to be able to create some offense they're going to find their way to score some points defenses are going to bend to them they're going to leave other guys open it's it's easy offense it's i mean it's it you know not super easy but it is offense at least these other lineups i mean we talk a lot about like Giannis's gravity or Chris's gravity and how it makes life easier for everyone else. When you do lineups with neither of those guys and without Eric Bledsoe, there's just no gravity. It's it's the moon or wait, whatever. It's a planet with no gravity. I'm not a scientist. <laughs> whatever. Regardless. Um, <laughs> but it's just like nobody nobody's going to operate well. I'm going to stop with the space analogies before I just completely embarrass myself. Um, but... It, it, no, no one is no one is in an advantageous position. And this is a good context to talk about basketball, especially as it relates to role players. If you're not a star who is like able to anchor and create offense by yourself, 
you need to be put in positions. Like you should not be relying on role players to make their own offense. It's not sustainable. It's very hit or miss. So if you put out lineups regularly with five role players, you're just rolling the dice. I mean, you're not relying on having an advantage. You're relying, oh, hopefully Dante can make some shots. Like that's not a sure enough bet to be going to it regularly. And listen, maybe you look at me and say, or you don't look at me because this is a podcast, but maybe you listen to this and say, well, you know, they're they're not playing to win 100% in this series. And that, sure, maybe they're not. Maybe they should be, or Orlando's going to take another one. But maybe they're not. They did lose a game. They know? did indeed. And again, close game at times. I mean, within 10 with less than five minutes left in this game too. Despite Chris Middleton going crazy right before that. Um, what does it help you to get Ursan going? Like, what does it help you to... To get like, uh, how much Kyle Korver are we going to see? I'm starting to think we're going to see 15 to 20 minutes of Kyle Korver in some of these games where still a very good shooter, still not very good at anything else. I, I mean, every to, time he handles to, the ball. To be fair, he hasn't been objectively terrible on the defensive end. I mean, yeah, they, we haven't we haven't really seen anyone who can really take advantage of him yet. But like, still, he ha- he has he hasn't been bad. You know? No, I mean, I I don't know. I think he's 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 been there. He tries. I, I don't think he's. I don't think he's capable of being a plus defender. I think his his absolute ceiling is like neutral. Um, Which and is, again, yeah, just that's. Fine. I'm not trying to be like a Kyle Korver stand here. I'm just saying. I'm trying to trying to be a little fair. I mean, yeah, listen. I'm, and it's. I, I think. I, I don't hate Kyle Korver. I just think it sounds like you do, Ty. I, I get that. <laughs> I get, I'm sorry to Kyle Korver, but like he, when he dribbles, it's a disaster. I'm kidding. Like when he handles, and he, it happens, like it comes up sometimes because these lineups where just like nobody's able to do he, anything. He always pauses for a second. Like, is this really what I'm supposed to be doing right now? <laughs> he, he looks stunned. He's like, "This is Bud. We've we've been together before. You know, this isn't my thing, right?" And he had another turnover today where just like he starts to dribble and tries to pass to someone. It's just bad. He's not a terrible defender, but it's just like. They have so many two-way players. I just don't think there's any real need to play him most of the time. And if you are going to play him, like spam the the Giannis Corver stuff that's worked so well. Like I don't think he should play without Giannis. I think those two have some promise. But like the way he's being played now, it's just like like he's any other wing. And I just I don't think you should treat him like a typical wing player. I think you should look at him as a guy where we need to get a lot out of him on the offensive end if we're going to play him a lot. And I mean, he took six threes in 19 minutes. So I mean, he's trying. He only made two today. That's that's you know, it's a make or miss league. It happens. I found make or miss league. Um, I don't know. It's just like the. It's just they they haven't looked from outside of Giannis and like again like some guys like Wes Matthews. Sure, great, great to see Wes Matthews play well. Um, but outside of Giannis, largely for like the important the X factors, your Chris Middleton's, your your Bledsoe's, your Mike Budenholzer's. They have not, to me, looked like a contending team so far. And I'm not saying they're for sure getting bounced in the second round or they for, they can't do it. I'm just saying they haven't consistently looked like it. And at some point, like, that's – I think we're there, honestly. But at some point, that's a problem. Like, you can only skate and look bad for so long before you end up skating into getting bounced. Like, that will happen eventually if they don't ship up. Uh, I don't know if that was the right phrase. But they need to just Shape play up? better. Shape up, yeah. It's ship up and shape out as a thing, and that's what's going to happen if they don't shape up. Thank is you. Is that a thing? I haven't heard that before. I think it's like a like a navy thing. Maybe I'm just uncultured. Maybe I made it up. There's no Ooh. telling. There's absolutely no telling. But regardless, the point is they just need to get it together, and it's a very frustrating point 
because it just it feels like bad analysis. It feels lazy. But I, I'm honestly, I'm running out of other things to say. Like from coaching to execution on the floor, they just like I don't want to say refuse. Like they actively aren't trying to do it. I don't think that's the case. But they just are not able to play near their ceiling for long stretches, which is problematic. When what the other three teams in the East that went to the second round all swept, right? Yeah. 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 Well, like not the yet. other three. Well, oh, uh, is there still a Miami game yeah, left? They're playing oh. today. Oh, so maybe. So at at worst, probably the other three teams are going to go twelve and one. They might go twelve and zero, and the Bucks are out here like barely holding on against Orlando as the one seed. It's it's problematic. It's worrying. Like they need to be better than they have been. I, I just mm-hmm. I I don't know what the roadmap exactly to getting there looks like. I, I think it's as simple as a better game plan and Chris playing well. But I I don't know how to guarantee those things at this point. Yeah, we do have a little bit of an update on Chris shooting. Uh, Matt Velasquez, the great Matt Velasquez, tweeting uh, from the post-game you know, press conferences. He says, before the fourth quarter started, Giannis says he told Chris Middleton they needed him to, quote, shoot the ball until his arms fall off. <laughs> I love that. That's the greatest Giannis thing I've ever heard. No, it's it's the second greatest. Uh, uh, him saying he's going to punch Thon if he hesitates is the the best. Um, but, I, don't know, I think he's an effing baby is still top one. Oh, and, oh yeah, for sure. No, I'm saying in terms of like teammate leadership things. Oh, positive. Yeah, no, fair. Yeah, that's no, the fair. effing yeah, baby thing is... is just incredible. Shout out to the Sixers, man. If there's one thing I've enjoyed this post, I've enjoyed a lot about this postseason outside of the Bucks games. Um, Luka Doncic. Oh my god. Luka brought my. I I like was having an okay day to that point, and I was kind of tuning out of that game. And we'll get back to the Bucks. I'm sorry, people, but this shot warrants talking about quickly. I was kind of. I was like, no, they're not. It's like he probably shouldn't even play. That was a real takeout. I like let's give Luka the game off to recover. Let's not risk it without Porzingis. And the Clippers are starting to pull away. And this dude just puts the whole team on his. Oh, that's. Oh. I think it was like a 43-point triple-double. Like, this mm-hmm. guy is crazy. Like, he's here. He is oh, yeah. here. Like he, He's there. Oh, they right. might beat the Clippers, man. They might they beat might. the it's damn two, Clippers. Two. Should Porzingis be 3-1, man. Porzingis. It really should be 3-1 right now. You know what's funny? Crazy. I've seen, like, going around, like, Porzingis is a, was ejected. The game was out of hand. I, I, have you seen that sentiment? I've seen that really? out there. Like, I've seen I that haven't. put out there. It absolutely wasn't. It was like the third quarter, and it was a single-digit lead. Like that mm-hmm. was that was a huge thing for the rest of that game, and it was a bad a bad ejection, bad technical, a lot of bad technicals in the playoffs so far, and as in general. But man, those Clippers are in trouble. Not like, according Paul to Steve George Jabby. is looking like what is oh, I, I don't I don't understand why. Like the referee experts are former referees. Like what do we think we're accomplishing? Like they like they're gonna really call out the refs. Not usually, not usually, folks. Mm. But yeah, it was just that that I I was I was watching the game and I literally just like as he hit that shot, I like stood up and started running around. And I have no stake in this, you know. Like, it oh was yeah, just, it was just incredible. I, shot. I yelled. I had like a primal yell. Whoa! Like I didn't super even loud. hear was... the bangs from Mike Breen. Oh yeah, I didn't either. I didn't either. Like I was louder than the TV. I, I heard him on the replays. Like the the father stretch my hands remake was incredible. Oh, yes. The memes are incredible. Like that is like I I want that kind of joy for the Bucks so so badly. I want I need a Chris Middleton game winner or a Giannis game winner or something that we can have this much fun with. That was just such an incredible game. But you know, Paul I George think they could still get there. sucks. 
Yeah, thankfully, thankfully, Chris got it together in the fourth quarter because they're, they're putting those two names yeah, together. I can't see who who it, I can't remember who it was, but someone said he should be instead of playoff P, he should be playoff Pi because he was three of fourteen. Oh, <laughs> that's a good one. Pandemic P is good. He just, you know, it's 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 rough. He had to turn his Instagram comments off today on a um, post where he says, "I don't care what anyone thinks." Yeah, you know that that was his mistake. That's been his mistake is feeding into it. I mean. Like I think Chris will never get it as bad because Chris is not a guy who would like tell the media. Con- uh, uh, I was gonna say conglomerate, but that's not the right word. The scrum that he's like playoff kh or something like because it's <laughs> stupid and and cocky and whatever. He um, called himself but, playoff p and got locked up by Joe Ingles. That will forever be the greatest <laughs> thing. Oh uh, yeah, it's uh. Thankfully, Chris has not been that bad. <laughs> was basically a tweet of mine in the fourth quarter. Um, almost starting to feel bad for him now. It's I think oh, people I always get a little. I don't. People, well, <laughs> I don't feel bad for like the funny memes. Oh, yeah. I'm sure obviously, people are being no, very. Obviously, we don't condone yeah. any personal attacks. Yeah, yeah. I think that's 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 the thing I feel bad about. I don't. Yeah, I don't feel bad about like the memes. The and jokes. The, the the memes and the jokes. They're fine. You know. Right. Sure. Did but you just, see the? The, I think it was Pocahontas clip that someone said, this is the Mavericks now. Oh, I didn't. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know if I should quote it. Basically, it was, uh, it was, I think it was from Pocahontas, and it was basically someone saying, these white men are dangerous. Oh, and no. I <laughs> fell out of my chair laughing. It was so funny. Um, regardless, <laughs> before we veer into... The uh, the Luka Doncic uh, Montrez Harrell thing, which I just have no interest in discussing. Just the, um, the Ernie Johnson quote is just amazing. Though. Oh, the <laughs> fact that he kept saying it out loud. This league, baby. Someone put um, that audio on Montrez Harrell. Uh, I saw that one. Them, which is just, just took me up. The, the Dallas uh, Clippers content is just we might not get this good content the rest of the play. Like, if you're not paying attention to that series, I mean, the, the basketball is great. I love that. Don't get me wrong. But the online, like, the memes and the clips that are coming from that series, we'll be lucky to get another series on that level for the whole rest of the playoffs. I want We got to swing back to the Bucks to close because this oh, is the Euro step. This is a Bucks podcast. A Milwaukee Bucks podcast. That Here is our tagline. the Blue Wire podcast network. The beautiful Blue Wire Network. But do you know the the Seth Curry, uh, Paul George connection? Oh, I do, yeah. Which Seth is- Curry had some choice words for Paul George, who infamously cheated on Seth Curry's now wife a couple years ago. Who also, would, Doc Rivers' daughter. Yeah, his coach's, his coach's daughter. <laughs> a lot going on in this, in this series. A lot of subplots. But imagine if Seth hits a game winner on Paul George or something. Oh, my, my goodness. goodness. Oh my! The content. I mean, Seth's opportunities been, Seth's are there. Seth's been like clearly head and shoulders a better player than Paul George this series. Yeah, yes. Not and a another guy. I wanted him to be a buck. So did I. Just seemed he's, like one of those guys. Like he's probably cheap, good. Cheapish contract, but a good role player. So Mid level exception. A, I'm plays pretty above sure. his role. Yeah, mm-hmm. sniper. Absolute sniper. I think. I think he suffered from being Steph's little brother because I think people just automatically discounted him. They thought it was like. J.R. Smith's brother or Blake Griffin's brother, but he can play. I mean, he played four years in college and played well, went undrafted, busted into the league on 10-day contracts and G League stints and all this, and I'm very happy for him. He's proved he's a legit player now. I think he had a surprising amount to overcome for being Steph Curry's brother. I think it was a a double-edged sword for sure, but would have been a really nice buck. But 
anyway, um, I, I almost unless you have anything else that's like really pressing to go over, I kind of want to end on just some random positives from from the game and the series so far. No, I'm down for some positives. Because I think it's important. I mean, they are still up three one. I still do think that they, they, they have might the potential. Win the series. They're going to win the series. I still think they have the potential to be a championship team. I still think it's there. They just need to show it more consistently. So the first one for me is just, and I already covered it a little bit, but Wes Matthews has just been so good. I mean, this is a guy who most of the regular season, very low volume offensive player who made all of his contributions defensively. And he's still been a good defender. I, I don't love him on Fournier. I think Fournier is a little fast, but just he's been dynamic hitting threes and he looks like a much better shot maker than the Bucks made him out to be for most of the regular season. So I, I think he's probably the, maybe outside of Brooke Lopez, the guy who's benefited the most from this quote unquote shooters gym. I really hope we continue to see him taking five or six or more threes per game because he's just, he's drilling them. Like he just looks great out there shooting the ball want to see more Wes Matthews. Hope we see more than 21 minutes. And he did have four fouls. So I should note they did have four fouls, which is something. I mean, it's 21 minutes is still awfully low, but he was in a little bit of foul trouble. Um, but I, I want to see him continue to shoot, continue, like draw up some plays for him. Don't just, don't just let him get like, you know, when, when he's open, kick it to him. Let's get some actions for Wes Matthews. Like this guy is bringing it on both ends. Very positive son. Yeah, for sure. He's been he's been balling on both ends. You just you really can't ask for much more from him. Maybe, you know, limit the fouls, but again, if he's hitting if he's in foul trouble and hitting the same amount of threes, like you'll take that, you know? Uh so y- you really can't ask for much more from Wes in this role. I've been I've been really really happy to see him because like you said, he had sort of a mediocre regular season quietly, you know, like he we we know that he was still like a great defender and stuff. Uh, but now he's bringing it on, bringing it on the offensive end as well. I don't think there's been a single post up in, in the playoffs so far, which is you know big plus. Um, I'll I'll never forget uh, the first game of the season against the Rockets, um, where he just had a random post up, and I was like, are are you are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, he scored, but like was, I was like, what was is happening right see. now? It was jarring to see him do that. I, I'll never forget that play because I had the exact same. I mean, we talked about it after the game. That was our first podcast. It was together. our first pod almost a year ago now in October. I looked that up recently, but um, it was jarring to see. Yeah, we haven't seen as much of that, thankfully. If anyone, if any guards are posting up at wings or whoever, I, I want it to be Chris. But yeah, we uh, we've seen him cut those out and just like decide to nail almost all of his threes, which is which is good. Yeah, it's better than missing them. Uh, which you know, it's can be said for other players on this team. Um, did Urson get any shot? Oh, he got four shots up. He got four shots up at seven minutes. That's like that's the most Urson experience. He didn't have a single rebound though, which is weird. Yeah, that's the unersan part of it right there. Not getting a rebound. You expect at least fouls. three offensive boards on one possession. And he three was just he was pulling up today. He he just pulled up when he could. He had three of his four shots with threes. But Rohan positives, positives. Yes, sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, let's see what what other positives can we take from this game? Giannis, uh, really good. We started at the top with this. He 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 is very good. We still haven't gotten another award announced ever since Coach of the Year on Saturday. I wonder if it's going to be one a week. Was it Saturday that we saw that? yes because it was our last podcast yes i couldn't remember if it was last episode or two pods ago 
um, like I said, these are starting to, you know, get to me, like not in a bad <laughs> way, but in the sense like uh, they're starting to like build up and blend. Um, but yeah, we haven't seen any other awards announced, which is, you know, probably when we're going to get a lot of, a lot of Giannis talking. Uh, but he's been, he's been fantastic. 66.7% from the field on 21 shots, 31 points. We led with this. Like he's just, he's, he's been fantastic. He's been on his A game. Like when, when your best player is on their A game, you're still going to be a good team. So like, that's the baseline for this team. Uh, so that's still, that's still good. You know, it can only get better when the role players get better. Yeah, and and the other star, um, agreed though. Terrific Giannis game could have been a triple double if he played heavy minutes. Limiting the turnovers is big for him. Hope to see the free throws follow, but eight assists, two turnovers, is like an elite you know assist to turnover ratio for a guy who handles it and drives as much as Giannis. And I remember one of those two was like a dead ball turnover. I think I don't know if it's ruled a turnover. I think it is. But um, Vucevic kind of slaps the ball off his knee and it goes out of bounds. So something like that is – that's a more acceptable – that's basically a missed shot. Like you live with that. So limiting the live ball turnovers especially is good. And the Bucks as a team only had 12 turnovers today. So that's that's how you can win with Crispy and a potato for a lot of the game. That's how you yeah, can win Yeah, not when 15. you're having like nine or ten in one half. Yeah, seriously. Or, or in one quarter it's felt like sometimes. So that, that was a positive today as well. They were more careful with the basketball Gave up less uh, points off turnovers, which is always nice. I will combine two into one. Brooke Lopez and Marvin Williams, two guys who were streaky to say the least, maybe to put it generously, uh, shooters before the shutdown. Both have looked much better, much more comfortable. Brooke, two for five again today. I think that was, I think he made two in a recent game as well, 40%, which is just fine. Uh, He's looking good from the corners too. He's getting a lot more corner opportunities, which generally those are easier for shooters. I know... He likes the above the break threes from super far away as a trailer, but he's finding his way into corners and hitting those. Those are even easier. So that's nice to see. And Marvin Williams, two for two, again, didn't play a ton tonight or today. Ugh, I'm going to keep doing that forever. Um, But it's nice to see him hitting some threes too. He's looked comfortable shooting in the bubble. Again, that's big. I mean, this is a guy who I think should be playing, you know, in, in, in the rotation at all times should be one of their top six or seven guys in terms of minutes just for, maybe even higher based on being one of their three bigs who it seems like Bud really trusts at this point. Uh, Really nice to see him in addition to his rebounding, which has been rock solid and everything else, hitting those threes too. Yeah, we do have a little bit of breaking news on the pod. I think we can maybe end with this. Uh, It was the the inevitable, Uh, but uh, the Sixers have uh, officially, not officially, well, according to sources uh, from Woj uh, via me, uh, I'm I'm an aggregator Twitter account now, except in podcast form. I'm bearing the lead here. Uh, the Sixers fired Brett Brown, uh, so yeah, that that was that was expected, but it's official. Hopefully, they don't get anyone good. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, the Nets are going after Greg Popovich. That that's you know, that, been a rumor. I respect that energy, though. You know, like yeah, I do too. I mean. Like if if one of us were to become single, it'd be like if if I got one of my buddies to put out an article that said, you know, Ty's seriously interested in Rihanna. <laughs> There's a lot of interest on one side there. It's he's on the market again, and uh, I'm not. But if I was, listen, somebody write it. I'm, I'm gonna DM Adam McGee over at Behind the Buck Pass and say I got a scoop for you. <laughs> Bucks Twitter extra. There's serious one sided interest here. I don't think they're going to get Greg Popovich, but they, uh, regardless knows, of that, man, the Spurs aren't going to be in the playoffs again. Probably. 
like Man, next year? Pop trying to coach Kyrie and KD all year. He deserves better. If I mean, he has a coaching retirement tour, it should be I mean, somewhere to be else. Fair, he's a he, he's used to coaching stars. He's been what is that? What's stars? I can't tell if you're doing a bit or not. No, like he's used to coaching stars, like star players. Oh yeah, he's used to coaching low energy off court superstar players. I think coaching young Kawhi and Tim Duncan is a lot different than coaching. Kyrie, I mean, my third eye is open. I mean, yeah, okay, fair. I don't, I don't know. I, I think he'd end up having his hands full. I think, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I, I don't think it'll happen. I, I don't know if it'll work out as well as they think. If it does happen, I mean, he's a, those two uh, are Olympic guys as well, and he's been with the Olympics forever. Yeah, there's a lot of mutual respect between Katie and Pop. We'll see. But the Sixers, it'll be interesting. I think like a lot of jobs are going to be. Seeking Ty Lue out, I really hope he goes to the Pelicans because I think he's a championship-level coach. I would prefer to not see him in Philly or Brooklyn. Um, oh, I misread this tweet yeah, so entirely. Did I. So, yep. <laughs> uh, along with the firing of Brett Brown, and then I just saw and Elton Brand. I was like, what? No, yeah. the Sixers and Elton Brand will evaluate entire front office. More management changes oh, are likely. Good. Whatever that that's means. Really, no, that means they're keeping Elton Brand, which is a good thing if you're a Bucks fan. <laughs> It is, although I, I, I've heard I've heard that they have a very convoluted front office and ownership kind of inter, intertwined, and he might be like kind of just the figurehead for some of these moves and, and just like take the blame. I, I don't know. I don't know exactly what's going on there, but I, I don't know how much is going to change. I think they're in a really unfortunate spot. The MB to Golden State stuff is already starting to heat up yeah, uh, with from them me, sharing from a shoe company. Yeah, true. I'm starting the wave, Ty. It's it's a thing now. It's very much a thing now. It, our our pals sort of, um, as long as Giannis hasn't signed the Supermax yet, uh, Sam and Andy over at the Light Years Pod are post. It, it's I, I love it. It takes some heat off of uh, the Bucks at the moment, but posting feverishly. I mean, Steph put up a video, embrace uh, not embracing, but impersonating, you know, poking fun. Yeah, impersonating, poking fun at at Embiid and how he plays, yeah. and they're both on Under Armour. <laughs> Yeah. There might be something there. Golden yeah, State just got the second pick week. in the draft. Yeah, you were on it, man. Give credit where it's due. I am knowledgeable. See, I you guess. are knowledgeable. Oh, knowledgeable. See, we brought it we, back. Oh, we, both we brought well, it man. back. <laughs> now that's accidental good podcasting. Yeah. So I guess do we do we have anything else? We've covered a lot of stuff here. That's you know we have. When did we stopped talking about the Bucks like twenty minutes ago? We got back to it. Oh, yeah, we did. We did our positives. We did yeah. our positives. Um, a follow-up tweet from Woj, just to close the Sixers thing. The franchise's plan is that Brand will continue to oversee oh, basketball operations, but the personnel and structure in the front office is undergoing significant evaluation and change is looming. So a bunch of guys nobody's ever heard of are going to get fired. But Elton Brand's still going to keep his job. You know what? Fine by me. Yeah, it's okay. It's another team the Bucks can destroy. Regular season and postseason, you know. Yeah, yeah I mean, we, a, ha- we hey, haven't man, seen a postseason. Eventual magic. champs, eventual hey, champs. I hey, was told. You know, I was told that they were built to beat the Bucks. Tie sixty wins and coming out of the East, baby. That's what no, I heard. What, uh, Joel and uh, Joel and MVP is, yeah. DPOY sixty wins in a championship. Uh, hey, he said sixty wins, MVP DPOY in a championship. Maybe he was right. Maybe he was talking about Giannis. Who can yeah, say? No, he, this guy thinks he's Giannis. You know? 
Maybe, maybe no, maybe he was just talking about his close personal friend, yeah, future, future teammate, teammate on the Bucks, Giannis. Yeah, who knows? Oh my who goodness, knows? that would be something. Uh, as Giannis said, his African brother in the All Star draft, first overall pick. Him, him, and Siakam, baby, future Bucks and Steph. Defensive yeah. rating forty five, and Steph, of course. Embiid's gonna bring bring Steph, and defensive rating will go to like seventy, but uh, it's fine. Yeah, the offensive <laughs> rating will just be nuts. Oh, that's tantalizing. Uh, okay, we should probably wrap this pot up, shouldn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We're getting, we're getting we way have, out. We're getting any, way in left field. <laughs> unless you have anything else you want to mention. I, I am good. I am all set. Okay, well, in that case, we would like to thank you, to the, you, the listener, for listening to this episode of the Eurostep Podcast here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. If you did enjoy this episode, please leave a rating and subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. Make sure you're telling your friends and family about the show. Tell everyone you can, you know, do us a solid. Uh, make sure you're checking out all the content across the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Uh, Ty and I, we will be back with you after game five, uh, which is on Wednesday at 3 p.m. I actually got this right this time. I checked beforehand. <laughs> um, but before I let you go, I want to talk to you guys about Bet Online. As you guys know, the playoffs are in full swing in both the NBA and the NHL, and all of them are going for the gold, and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Get in on all the action, including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. In addition, the MLB season is pushing into the fall, and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures, and props. So take advantage of the return of sports, and remember, the casino never closes. Check it out all day, all night. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag. Promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts.